Hello and welcome to the Raising Men Show, and I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. I tell you what, Super Tuesdays is where I like to be. <laughs> old song used to be in the place to be. Lyrics, of course, I should say, from an old hip-hop song. Now, you guys know, or if you don't know, you're going to know for sure, for sure. I'm an old hip-hop guy. I'm a music guy. I used to be a DJ from back in the day. Not, not just a DJ like you would have on like WKBY 1080 AM right here in Chatham, Virginia. But I'm talking about a DJ, you know, the mix and scratch DJ, the guy that used to keep the party moving. That was me back in the day. Had a great time. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. For, thank you for joining us again on Tuesdays. Uh, very excited about this. Uh, this Tuesday, this is the kickoff of our new series. It's called Truth and Transparency, and I'm I don't know don't know have a I don't, I don't have a clue actually how long the series is going to run. We're going to let it run as long as the Lord says to run it, and we're going to keep going and keep it moving. And He'll tell me why, and He'll tell me what to do. So I'm not quite yet sure what God's got for this for this series in terms of how long it's going to be, but I know it's going to be powerful because I know it's been really impacting me in a lot of ways, just wrestling with just the message for today. And, you know, what is this series really all about? And I was kind of framing it around, you know, the holidays and really being truthful. And I've really been on this thing for a while about being truthful and being, um, just being touched and, and tracked and truthful about knowing the truth and knowing how to be truthful and how to go about each moment of our life. And with our last series, Teachable Moment, I, I know I touched on it before and, and kind of introduced the topic, but I really believe that that the Lord really wants us to know our truth. I know I know the Lord wants me to know my truth so I can be free. And, and it comes out of John uh, 8.32 is really where we're going to spend either the basis scripture for all of uh, what we're going to talk about across the course of this series. And John 18.32, uh, the King James Version says, and we shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And the making here is a sense of uh, to make free or to set at liberty or to or, or from the domain of sin. So we want to be free from these things. We want our minds to be free from these things. And we want to be able to be truthful uh, about what we're doing and, and sharing in a transparent or a way that we can really see who we are. And the, the Passion Translation, the same verse reads, for if you embrace the truth, it will release more freedom into your lives. I enjoyed that a lot because just in going through the, the definition and the word study, it just this scripture alone, it talks about the truth of Jesus was given, has given us release from bondage of our past and to our past and bondage to our sins and release from bondage of religion. And Jesus is speaking the words to those who were not fully free from man's traditions and truth must be embraced and worked out through the divine purposes of spiritual maturity. In the Greek, the word truth is reality. To embrace the reality of Christ brings more freedom into our lives. I thought that was just a very awesome thing to read in the commentaries. And yeah. Why is truth so scary? I don't know. Well, I know I know that's what we're going to talk about because a lot of us do know, but we just don't want to talk about it. We don't want to be truthful. Being truthful and saying, telling the truth petrifies people, petrifies and terrifies the strongest men and women. In fact, I'm sure some of us, those of you who have been following the political game and trying to watch the impeachment trials and things like that are going on. It's just really 
bizarre. I'm sure the truth in those meetings have got to be scary. The truth in any situation has got to be scary unless you know, unless the truth is on your side and you're trying to, to tell it and someone else is trying to accuse you of not being truthful. But still, there's so often when the truth leaves us vulnerable, weak, exposed to the elements of this life and the next. And, and I say in the next because when you're talking about how you are and who you are, the spiritual realm knows what's true because those in the spirit are watching you. The Lord's watching you. The enemy's watching you and watching what you're doing. So it's, it's not like it can't be untold, not like it can be hidden. Telling the truth in front of people leaves us naked before the world. And the world doesn't see us anyway in so many cases. Not for who we are, because we're, we're so often showing who we aren't. We're showing the, the sides that we really want people to believe we are, but we really hide and camouflage what we are and who we are behind things, behind stuff, behind things that don't have any substance. Because we put up so much junk in front of who we are that no one can really even see the us now I'm putting the air quotes out because no one can really see us because of all the junk we're putting in front especially going into these holiday seasons we put up a lot of junk on our house we put up a lot of junk in our house we put up a lot of junk on ourselves to put these fake smiles up to make us really think that we have our stuff really going on so people really get used to seeing the stuff that we have or don't and the people who we are or aren't. They're not seeing that. They're seeing the esoteric stuff. Okay, the stuff that makes the secret stuff, the private, the things that we don't want shown. The stuff that really hurts and embarrasses us is the stuff that we really hide. Now, the truth in everything that we do is is important because you've got to get to a point where we're truthful with who we are. If we're not truthful with who we really are, the issue becomes, well, who are we anyway? Who are we really showing to other people? I think one of the the things that, as I was writing this, Laura is giving me a lot of just some insight as to who I was. And what's sometimes even scary is when you look into a mirror, I went through a stretch where I wouldn't even look in a mirror because I didn't like what I saw. It scared me. I didn't recognize who I saw in the mirror. Because sometimes when we look into the mirror, the face that we see is the face of pure evil in some cases. We're able to see the other side of what's really truly revealed with the veil pulled back and you see that face and those piercing eyes. You know, that doesn't look like me. Especially when you recognize that is you that you said something nasty to someone or do, that you did something that was really nasty to someone or you're living a lifestyle that was so totally contrary to God that if anybody really ever found out that that person right there in the mirror was really us, the true us that we were exposed and naked by versus that holier than thou self or the one self that hides in the corner, that hides in the closet, that lives multiple lives in public but lives only one crummy, nasty life in, pri- life in private. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the part of us that we don't want anybody to see. Those are the parts about us that aren't quite there. The, the, the truth 
there that needs to make us free. Yeah, I know, this isn't the happy Thanksgiving message that people are really looking for and that some of you really didn't expect. In fact, I know I didn't expect it. In fact, I had to call Pastor Larry, let him know what was going on. I needed, I needed, I needed to seek some wise counsel. So I reached out. I was like, Pastor, I need to understand. What are you thinking? Are you okay with a message like this is that I've got? This is, this is where the Lord is kind of shaping this whole thing with truth and transparency. And I, I, need, I just needed to get an understanding as to what he, what he thought about what was getting ready to come on this Tuesday, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, where, where people would be normally looking for that, that happy, happy turkey and dressing recipe and happy uh, uh, pound cake message that you could just sink your teeth in and just lay back and go to sleep on afterwards. But this is not one of those because that's not where I am in my life. It's not where the Lord gave me. So the, the week one of Truth and Transparency entitled Odd Man Out. During the holiday season, which is Thanksgiving to Christmas, the media really wants us all to believe that we're all happy and festive and so full of passionate love for someone that we're willing to buy them cars and jewelry and so much more to park in front of or light up or fill up our big modern homes. And I don't know about you, but I'm not with a significant other. It's not right now. So we're going to speak that into existence. But, but, but where I'm at right now, I'm not with a significant other. And many of us aren't either. And even the ones that we're with aren't significant to us. Hmm. The home I live in, it was built in 72. Nothing modern about that. And I don't even know how to make my Christmas tree looked like the ones in the department stores in the mall. You know, those big extravagant trees with the 50,000 lights that are just so and the, the, the exact ornament that needs to be placed such so glittery and so bright. And I know that's not me. We put up a tree normally. We went years without putting up a tree. Well, I say years. Let's say I, I probably did two years without a tree. I didn't like it. Didn't feel like Christmas. I felt like a bad parent. But those are feelings and they, they'll, they'll fool you. None of that means any difference. It doesn't mean if I didn't put up a tree or didn't put up any ornaments or didn't put up any lights outside or inside. There was, that shouldn't mean I have any less love for my kids, any less love for God. It means I actually saved some money and didn't go out and spend it on all that. Okay, I'm not going to say garbage or crap. I'm not going to say that. But I didn't run up my light bill, running some lights outside for someone else to see. I love to cook. Those of you who follow me on social media, I love to cook. But unfortunately, look at all these commercials and their holiday table got this big, beautiful butterball-like turkey that comes out. And there's, there's not many people baking turkeys that come out looking like these. These are painted on and glazed over, and they're not even real. They're all plastic and feathery, you know, and when you're on the commercials, they're all made to look perfect. But there's nothing perfect in our lives. I don't care who you are, where you are, there's nothing perfect in our lives. And I don't, I don't have a fancy tablecloth on my table, and none of my dishes look so. I don't have a scene from the Food Network on my table at any of my meals. You know, they may, they may actually look funny, 
My plating is way off. But it sure enough tastes good because it was made with love. And I and I, it's funny. I really l- sit back and I laugh at all these marketing people because they really want us to believe that our homes and our lives are like these big holiday classics. You know, those fancy movies they watch, like it's a wonderful world or it's a beautiful life or Forty Second Street or on Broadway or. Here comes Santa Claus or whatever you any you pick a movie on Hallmark or any of these channels on TV. But in reality, there's not many of us that are living these fancy Christmas Hollywood TV lives. So many of us are living an American tragedy. I wanted to get away from the traditional holiday feast. I, for so many years, I actually chased, I chased that dream after my parents were gone. After my dad died, particularly, I was, I was definitely into making sure that I knew how to make that holiday recipe, holiday meals. I needed to know all the recipes, how to make the chicken just so, how to make the, the turkey just so, and the dressing, and how to make it from scratch, and the cornbread. And I wanted my house to always smell like my mom's house made it. She made it smell, and I growing up all those years, and where you knew that the holidays were there and you knew mom was doing something because she would be up all night for almost two nights in a row and fixing mac and cheese and cornbread and ham and yams and greens. I remember her going to the store and just trying to, she was fretting so over a meal that probably lasted maybe 30 minutes of actual run and eat time, but it was almost two days in preparation. And I remember all those days that she made us, that she tormented us with having to clean the house and make it just so for people to come over that we didn't see on a regular basis. And that's the thing I don't understand is so often we get to the point where we're trying to show off for people that we don't, that don't even show up more than once a year. So I've kicked that. I'm not even, not even doing a traditional meal any this particular year. I wanted something new. This year we're doing breakfast breakfast for dinner. We're doing chicken and waffles, scrambled eggs, grits, breakfast meats, juice. But to be truthful, I gotta give it up. There will be some some parts of a traditional meal I got to have. My pound cake I gotta have it and some cheesecake as well. So we're going into Thanksgiving. I wanna make sure I, I had to ask myself and ask God, like, what is this really all about? What is Thanksgiving anyway? So I went and did some research, and what I found out online and through other sources is that Thanksgiving is a federal holiday in the United States, celebrated on the fourth Thursday of November. It was originated as a harvest festival, and that's what's so funny is that Halloween, a lot of churches try to replace the the harvest festival for Halloween because we don't want to celebrate the quote-unquote Day of the Dead, and so we don't want our kids in church to really do all that dead stuff and bring all the, the the stuff into the church, the spirits in there. But in reality, you want you want the souls to come in because you want to get the families involved in, in the holiday season. It's, it's not about this, what you're celebrating, it's who you're celebrating. And I know as Christians, we're not celebrating the dead. The kids are going to have some fun. So we superseded it. But anyway, Thanksgiving was a harvest festival and it's been celebrated nationally on and off since, eight, since 1789. With a proclamation by George Washington after the request by Congress, Thomas Jefferson chose to not observe the holiday and its celebration was intermittent until the president, uh, until the presidency of Abraham Lincoln. 
when Thanksgiving became a federal became a federal holiday in 1863. During the American Civil War, Lincoln proclaimed a national day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father, that's a capital F, who dwelt in the heavens, to be celebrated on the last Thursday of November. And I want to stop there because there's so often, even in the the context of movies and television shows and and the in in the essence of even the commercials broadcast and advertising Thanksgiving and Christmas, there's no sim- symbols that deal with Christianity, no symbols that are dealing with this whole Thanksgiving and praise for our beneficent Father that dwelt in the heavens. It's it's all dealing with the stuff we're going to go buy the following day. It's so it's all this hype leading up into Thanksgiving, this big meal when we eat and fill ourselves until we bust, and then we get up early, or well, it's not all of us, but some of us get up the next morning and you go to Black Friday. And those of you saw, no, I'm going to skip Black Friday, I'm going to stay in and go to Cyber Monday. Where Where is it in any of our planning and preparation that we actually serve God and at least give thanks? Well, I guess we're kind of giving it that that momentary moment that we say grace, right? Over the teeth, over the gums, look out stomach, here it comes. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not the one we do, right? That ain't the holy one. Since my wife passed, I shouldn't even go here so soon because we're about to go into break, but I, I got to make sure people understand that, that Thanksgiving is supposed to be a time for giving thanks and being thankful. And I know there's a lot of people that's hurting. So when I was to even talk with Pastor Larry about this, I said, Pastor, I don't know if we could talk about this because Thanksgiving in the, in the common person's life is not something that they're thankful for. And Christmas for most people is not something they're excited about because there's people who've lost their spouses. There's people who've lost their children. There's people who've, who've lost homes and jobs and just lost a friends and family and lost a sense of who they are and the whole shuffle of things. And so there's nothing to be thankful for in their mind for this season or, or any season. So while we kind of sit back and we are all kind of faking the funk about how we feel, there's people out there who are actually really real about it, crying. I have some friends that won't even come over on Thanksgiving Day because they're so sad about where they are. But we'll talk about that some more when we get right back to the Raising Men Show right here on WKBY 1080 AM out of Chatham, Virginia. Hey everyone, my name is Eric Tomlinson with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate, where we design the sale of your home around you. With our nationwide network of agents, you and your family are at the center of every decision, conversation, and step of the journey to your next home. From hello to congratulations, selling your home with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate is designed to both learn and surpass your expectations. Call me today at 951-970-6727 so we at the Tomlinson Group can begin surpassing your expectations today. We want to work for you. How do you avoid pitfalls that will disrupt your life? My office is very good with helping families protecting assets, building wealth, college flexible plans, tax-free retirement, and so much more. I am John Treese Wells with Royal Financial Group, licensed to help million dollar families, businesses, and everyone in between. You can contact me at 951-757-4202 or email me at jw.nofamilyleftbehind at gmail.com. I'm about your family. 
And we're right back here to the Razor Men Show. And again, I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. And we're in week one of our new series. It's called uh, Truth and Transparency. And the week one's uh, title is called Odd Man Out. It's a great segue now because we talked about what Thanksgiving is and the whole process by which we kind of go and prep for Thanksgiving. But since my wife has passed, I don't get a lot of invites to go places. I don't really know what it is. I know we used to, she spent a lot of time trying to find us couples to go and hang out with and, and try to find places to go. And she wasn't really excited about a lot of singles hanging around. And I get it. It was probably not safe to have single women around your, you know, around your husband or single men around your wife. I, I get it. But I'm a version of single now. I mean, the, the law says that I'm a widower, but I'm single, but I'm not single in the eyes of the law. I'm a widow, but that means I'm still by myself. And there's many, many days that I feel alone. But when you talk about going places and, and getting invites, I don't get them. But in, in, and I mix it. I used to wonder why I don't get them. And, and I used to be a, a pretty angry and upset. So that's my truth and transparency. I used to be pretty upset that I didn't get the invites from the same people that used to invite me around. Or even when I found some new friends and new other people to, to get to know and so into other people's lives and some of the same lives. And. I wasn't getting the invitations that other people got and I was seeing, you know, posts and stuff on social media. People were going here and there. People that I know and even related to me would come into town and they would go to the amusement parks and go do whatever they were doing. Sometimes they would drive by my house two, three, four times on the way to and from where they were going. And we never got a call. We never got a text. We never got an invite to any of those. And here recently, even preparing for this, I started thinking about, wow, I couldn't possibly be the only one so i started reaching out to some of my other widow like friends and i said hey do you what are you doing with with this day and you know where do you put your anger about the holidays and where do you put your sadness about christmas and thanksgiving and 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 do you go out and i mean how are you having fun and, and what are you doing and so many of the people i'm talking to and they're frustrated they're sad. They're angry. They're, they're alone. They're, they're fearful. Because not everybody's married and not everybody that's married is happy in their marriage. And that's not anybody else's fault but their own because they're not spending any time trying to, to connect with each other, trying to, to follow God and let God show them who they are who in him and who he is in their life and, and working like a both lower ends of a triangle up, working up towards the peak, which is where God is. People who are coupled up and in whatever kind of relationship they're in, they spend a lot more time in so many cases dealing with other couples. So that leaves the widows out. That leaves the, the orphans out. That leaves the, the singles out. People who suffered losses like me, lost a child, and I lost a job, lost a spouse, left, lost a parent. You're not quite sure what to do with yourself, not quite what, sure what to do with those lost pieces, those broken dreams, and those, those, those parts of your life that, that really aren't there anymore. You're kind of wondering, what am I doing with this? And, and I wonder, it's like, well, God, I thought that the church was supposed to handle the, take care of the widows and the orphans. And now I get it that the widowers aren't, aren't listed any, anywhere in there. And, and I'm assuming that it's different for a man because they figure, oh, well, just a man's going to pick up and continue to do work and, and continue to go on. And, and don't worry about the thing that the man's got to deal with because he's a man. He just he just rub a little dirt on it and he'll just keep it going. But the widowers, I, the widows I can see, maybe that's 
in the back in the old days that the widows were the ones who, when their their husbands died or got killed, were same thing. They died. The, their whole covering was gone. the 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 financial covering was gone. The the wherewithal to do more, and so the women had to get married quicker because they needed to have a covering. They needed to fall under someone else's household. They needed to be protected. But in modern society, you know, men and women, we make in a lot of cases about the same. You know, more or less, depending on what your occupation is. And but I was still struggling with the widows and orphans thing because I know my sons aren't orphans because they have at least one living parent. I get that, but it was still a struggle because when people would look into my face and they, just because they didn't see me sad and my kids weren't dirty. Now I'm not going to go there. Cause I had, I had some issues. That I, okay. We're not going to go there. We, we're not going to, we, we had some folks come by our house one time and they talked mess about my house instead of actually asking us what it was, what was the mess all about. We have to work on who we are and who we are hurt and who is hurting because we all need to be thankful for something, especially in this time and these seasons that we need to be able to to give God thanks and grace for what he's doing for us and to us and not everything that's good for us, he, he brings to us, but everything is good for us through his own plan. Now, I'm going to read James 27 real quick just because I need to make sure we clear the thought about the whole widows and orphans thing. So James 1 verse, uh, we're going to go from one, sorry, we're going from James 1, 19 to 27. We deal with the widows and orphans. We're going to deal with this fact that we'll wrap that up, then we'll keep it moving. So here it is, James 1 verses 19 to 27. It says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, that you must be all quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce a right, the righteousness that God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. But do not listen, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word of God and you don't obey, it is like glancing in at your face in a mirror you see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perf- into that perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you've heard, then God will bless you for doing it. And if you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourselves and your religion is worthless. Pure religion In the sight of God, the father means caring for the orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Then I was doing as you're going into the study there and the word widow here means and it represents loss. So anyone that has lost could be considered in this analogy to be a widow, whether it be the husband, whether it be the child whether you've lost something, someone, some person, place, or thing, that now that you've lost, that you could, in that analogy there, in that scriptural verse there, that would be considered in this term, could be added to the widow. Brings me to where I want to make is first point number one, for transparency, truth number one. In our Thanksgiving season, there's people dealing with loss. So transparency, point number one, is everyone is dealing with, with something 
My dealing is, is with who I'm trying to be right now. And do I believe that I can actually be that in God? Because the Lord will put us into some things and put us into some situations where we're like, okay, God, I, I don't think I can get there. I, it's like Peter got out, getting out of the boat. When, when Jesus came walking upon the water in the middle of the night, Jesus already knew what the what the disciples were going to do. He already knew what the disciples were capable of doing because he was he and God are, were were one. So when Jesus, in all of his power and all of his humanity, Jesus still walked out there from the shore and came out to where the the disciples were, and he called Peter. You know, we wouldn't call him. He, you know, at that point, he walked out and Peter saw him and he said, "Well, that looks like Jesus." And, and Jesus, if that's you, bid me come. And so Jesus said, "Come." And so his his faith allowed him to jump out of the boat. I don't know if it's faith, maybe his ego or pride, maybe that got him out of the boat. But but when he was, Peter was dealing with something. So he, in his dealing with something and who he was right then, he wasn't sure if he could make it all the way to where Jesus was. So so he began to sink and to shake. And that's where I find myself, where a lot of us find ourselves because we're dealing with who we are and dealing with the fact that are we really sure we have the faith to get to where God wants us to be and where he's calling us to be. Some of us are dealing with being lonely during this time and not just this time of the year being Thanksgiving to Christmas, but all year long. I've been dealing with being lonely for almost seven years. A lot of us have been dealing with being lonely for so many more years, but we, the, the, the media wants us to believe that this whole Thanksgiving, Christmas, holiday season and, and the gift giving and you're sitting around it for a few hours or a few moments, whether you decide to go to someone's house or you really did decide to be charitable and care for someone else's loss and actually go out there and get them and bring them to your house. Do you think that those one or two days gets them through the whole year? Shelters and homeless facilities and stuff are only open in some cases just during the winter time. So what happens to the people without homes during the summertime? Do they just need a place to stay just when it's cold or do they not need a place to stay in the winter? I mean, maybe it's starting the summer. So does that mean the summertime we can just live in a park somewhere just because it's the thing to do just because it's warm? The people who don't have a house during the winter are the same people in some cases or a lot of cases that don't have a don't have a house during the summer. And so if if it's going to rain, it's going to rain on you and you need a place to stay when it rains and you need a place to stay out of the sun. I'm, I'm trying not to get all angry about it today and it feels some kind, of, some kind of way because I've been one of those people that's been a victim of Thanksgiving the, the, the Thanksgiving concussion when it's when you sit around and you eat a lot of turkey and you get sleepy and I fall asleep the whole rest of the year thinking everything else is all right. I talked to a good brother of, of, of mine a few days ago. He shared with me that he had been homeless and I was shocked that that person of all people that I actually knew had been homeless. He shared about time of actually being having to wait in line for something to eat, having to carry his belongings with him and I was like, I, I didn't know what to say. I had, a, I had a whole different perspective on what Thanksgiving meant and what it meant to be thankful because when I was talking with Pastor Larry about, the, about this topic of being invisible and the topic of being angry and the, the topic of being uh, alone at the holiday season, I was like, I don't know what to do, Pastor. People, there's people out there hurting. People need to understand that just because you have a home to live in doesn't mean that you should to look down upon those who don't have a home to live in. And if you know a friend that's hurting, that's been hurt, that's without, you should call them because the, the, the worst place a person can be who's 
suffered losses of any type, large or small, as to be alone. Pastor Larry said, no, you got to share that message because people need to hear it because people need to understand that, that it's not just about them and what they can give and that superficial stuff on the outside, the, the paint and spackle. Friend of mine, another friend of mine used to be in the drywall business. Used to be in construction and he used to tell me about the stories about he used to put up these walls and put up the drywall and he used to spray it down and he used to say they're, they're, they're saying used to be a little spackle and paint, make it what it ain't. And that's what we do in our lives so much. We put some spackle and some paint on this on our wounds that are hurt and these these crevices that are in our body, this place that we're bleeding openly on the out on the inside and outside because we're hurting so much, we're just covering it up and we're not allowing anyone to see our pain. Putting another facade over it, put another a layer of something else that we store by on top, and we put so many things around us that it winds up winds up being like a shield or a wall. So no one can really see what we look like anyway. So if we ever just put that stuff down, we would really be visible for probably the first time in people's lives. When I was much younger, I used to. So I should say it this way. When my wife first died, going to be seven years ago, come early next year, I used to think I was a superhero. Because as a kid, I used to love comic books. Marvel was my thing, and I used to be into X-Men. And I used to th- sit back and I used to think about all the different superpowers that the, the heroes and the villains would have. And I thought, man, if I could just mix and match so I used, to, I used to think about, oh, if I can mix Wolverine's ability to heal means I would live a long time because I lost my mom to cancer, lost my wife to cancer, lost my mother-in-law to God knows whatever that was. I could live a long time. Wolverine had those claws that come out of the, the, the adamantium-based laced bones that was taken care of doing some experiment. I thought, I could do that. I could be strong. I could be invincible. That'd be awesome. And then I would want to have like the teleportative power, teleportation power, like Nightcrawler. He was able to climb walls and teleport to his spot because I didn't like to fly. I didn't like heights too much. I could just get from place to place just by a thought. But what I found out later after my wife died was that I actually was a superhero. And not because I was trying to raise five boys. I didn't try. I had no choice. But not because I was raising them. But because I didn't feel anything anymore. I went several years where I was feeling like the Man of Steel. Superman. I didn't feel heat. I didn't feel cold. Only thing I felt a lot of was just anger and frustration. A lot of disappointment. But that's not a good thing. I watched a lot of other cartoons and I'm into Marvel and superhero stuff. They want you to believe that superpowers like that are a good thing. You can change the world. It does change your world when you allow yourself not to feel. I also found out later on that I wasn't Superman. I wasn't the man of steel because I all of a sudden, sudden started to feel again. 
Cause I, but I was enjoying the fact of being like Superman because I couldn't feel anything. No matter what somebody tr- did to me or how they treated me, I couldn't feel it anymore. And that was that's where I wanted to be. But all of a sudden, my emotions turned back on. And I, I had been without them for so long, I, I really had forgotten what they felt like. I, I forgot what it was to, to feel happy. I forgot what it was to feel sad. I forgot what it was to feel envy and jealousy and fear and rage and genuine laughter and joy. Everything, even even love. And, and on the various levels, I, I'd forgotten what it had felt like. So when that stuff started to turn back on, I was confused. And I was like, okay, Lord, I, I wish we could go back to turning that stuff off again. I know this is a part of the healing process, but this this hurts. I, I, and I'm lost. I don't I don't get it. Later on, I found that I wasn't the Superman. Most recently, I found out that I was um, more like the like invisible one. Nobody saw me. My, invinci- my invincibility was gone because I felt like everything hurt me. What people, things people would say or not say. I started to share and talk to some other people who were widowed and people who were had lost some things and they were displaced and they were kind of misfits and they didn't quite fit into any mold or any place anymore and they didn't have a plus one to go with them places and they didn't have a a, a place that really fit for them anymore and it coming up on holidays and asking folks you know how do you deal with 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 feeling of inadequacy and this feeling of being the third wheel or the, or the odd man out, how do you, how do you deal with those things? And people were like, you know, when, do you get invitations to parties? Do you go places? I mean, wh- where do you go by yourself? That's fun to sit in a restaurant by yourself and not look odd man out. I know there's those motorcycles they have out now with the three wheels. Those are kind of cool to look at. You got two up front and one in back. And sometimes you got one of the old school where you get one up front and two in the back. And they're trying to make it really cool now with the, the, the really cool looking bodies. In fact, I'm getting ready to go to the auto show here in the next few you know days or so. And it's cool to see those out there with the roll bars and everything and the two wheels in front. You can sit and get your steering wheel. But in a relationship with people, an odd number of people in a relationship is tough. An even number of people in a, in a situation, a relationship, friendship, or whatever—it's—it's—it's it's, it's good because someone always has someone to talk to. There's not a there's not a lot of sharing, or not, there's no need to actually have to worry about. I got to talk to that person, and I got to talk to this person, and, and trying to balance between the oddity. But do we really sit back and think about the odd people? Hmm. My sons are odd. <laughs> Not just because they're my sons. Of course they're odd because of that. But, but when you really think about it, they're odd now too because their mom's gone. They're an oddity. People don't really know what to do and say to them if they, when they actually know and find out. In, in modern society, you know, it's easy to think, oh yeah, you see a guy with his kids and his sons are okay. And he and his wife must have been divorced. She must be right here somewhere. I said, no, we lost her. Well, what do you mean you lost her? Did you like lose her at the mall or, you know, is she coming back? I mean, why don't you go look for her? <laughs> I'm like, no, dude, she's gone. And I'm, I've been praying a lot. The Lord just do something in their lives so they get excited about life and then just go and take off and fly and flourish and just 
Stop being invisible. Start feeling life. Don't have to worry about being the men of steel anymore and actually feel what life has to give, to, to give you and what the Lord is actually putting into their lives. And so I'm excited about them doing that because they've begun and they've stopped asking me about when was the last time you saw such and such and so and so and when's the last time you talked to so and so and such and such and did they wish you a happy birthday? Did they wish you a happy birthday? Did they come by? Or when have you seen them last? And they're more now involved and excited about what their future is. I need to make sure we spend time being truthful in who we are and living life transparently, putting down all of the fake things that think that, that we think that makes us who we are, put them down and learn to become who we truly are in Christ. Brings me to the transparent truth number two, that just because you feel invisible, you're not. And just because you say or think you say that you don't feel any pain, you really do. But the point here really is that God sees you and he feels all of your pain. And that helped me a lot. That, 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 that brought life to me. And I want to get right into the next one. Wow, we're going to go to break. All right, we're going to go to break and then we're going to come out of the break and we're going to give you the tools that we need. Again, we need to give you make the one last point. We're going to get the tools we need to take us through this first step in the holiday season and get us right into the things that God wants us to do and learn about being truthful in our transparency and getting in to see what we're really all about and going into Thanksgiving with joy and gladness. You're listening to Craig Carlisle, and this is the Raising Men Show right here on WKBY 1080 AM out of Chatham, Virginia. Who you hire as your realtor matters. You need a realtor who looks out for your best interests and not their own. Marie Clark with Allison James Estates is a full-time realtor specializing in helping first-time homebuyers in Temecula and the surrounding areas. She is also a ministry leader. Today, why don't you choose Marie Clark to buy or sell your next home? Please call 951 265 6259. This is Craig Carlisle, the host of The Raising Men Show, and I'm also an executive producer of the independent feature film Restored Me. It's a powerful, feel-good dramedy that centers around a young man trying to restore his relationship with his young daughter and her mother after his wrongful incarceration. This film speaks to restoring your faith and pushes a bold message of positivity and motivation. The cast includes Gary Owen, Bill Duke, Will Young Lee, Matt Gerald, Richard T. Jones, Malik Yovo, Yancey Arias, and Bo Casper Smart, just to name a few. Restored Me is available on over 100 digital markets, including iTunes, Amazon, and on demand from your local cable provider. Buy it, rent it, either way, I'm asking you to watch it. It'll bless your life. And welcome back to the Raising Men Show. And again, I'm your host, Craig Carlisle, and we're into week one of our new series called. Uh, truth and transparency and week one's topic is called odd man out in the first two segments we've been going through kind of setting the stage for the holidays and what the holidays are really all about in terms of where it came from and what the media wants us to believe but we're really dealing a lot today with the truth of the matter where a lot of folks are there's a lot of hurting people out there and if you're one of the ones that are hurting and displaced and you're not quite sure where you are this i believe that this transparent truth number three is really going to help you 
if you've lost something or someone or you just don't feel like you fit in after something that's gone on tragically in your life, we need to be thankful for what and who we have and not sad and, and upset about who and what we don't. When I was talking with Pastor Larry about just preparing for this to show this message, I was frustrated. I was I was telling him, I was like, Pastor, I don't get it. There's people out there that I just, I just, they're not getting it. They're not a part of my life. And I wanted to be a part of my life. And I'm, and I'm angry because they don't call, they don't come around. And when they do, they want something more than just to be friends and, and be casual and talk. But they want something and they don't haven't earned the right to ask for because they're not around anymore. And he was reminding me, he's like, look, you're making great points. You got great points, but you got it wrong, son. You got, you're out on a limb. You're looking at it wrong. Your perspective is off. You got to be thankful for who you are and what you have right now. He was reminding me that I have five sons that are excited that are still here. And my transparent truth is that I'm thankful that I'm still here. I could have been the one that was in that hospital bed and my wife on the other side of the rail. I could have been the one that was dead and with God now, but absent from the body, present with the Lord. I could have been the one that was there and she'd be the one left behind trying to raise five boys by herself. And don't think I'm morbid or, oh, you want to, want to trade places with you? No, I, I'm sorry. And that's my truth and transparency. No, I didn't want to trade places with her. Some people have part of the, the grief cycle and, 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 or parallel side of the grief cycle is, is survivor's remorse, where, where some of us are afraid that are sad because we lived and the other person died. Well, the transparent truth is a lot of those people that are, that, that's that's false humility. A lot of folks are faking the whole thought, I wish I had lived and another person had, 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 had I had died and another person had lived. That's the transparency is, is we're excited that we live, but we're afraid to say it because someone else may think of us funny and feel some kind of way about what we just said. But that's fine. I, I have to say my truth because the truth is going to make me free. I don't have to be free because you said I was free. I have to be free because God says I'm free. So by me saying it out loud, that, that no longer gives the enemy a foothold in my life. I don't have to have survivor's remorse because she's not here and, and being excited about living and being excited about what God is doing in my life. Since the moment that she was born to the point I married her and she gave me these wonderful, blessed me with these wonderful kids and to the moment that she died and beyond, I have to be excited about every single point along the way because there's something good in each one of those moments even the sad ones, there's something in there to be thankful for. I want to make sure we get through the points. We've got to make sure we get through the points. Because if we don't get through the points, we won't have any tools to help us. I can circle back through some of these other stuff as we go. But i got to make sure we get to the points. We're running out of time. And I know I struggle with this point that to be thankful because there's so many things in our life that we don't want to be thankful for, especially coming into the or Thanksgiving. It's the time, it's a time for harvest from our beneficent father that's in heaven. And some of us think that how does, how does a beneficent, loving God treat people so poorly and to allow things and tra tragedies to happen and, you know, presidents like that to be elected or, or dictators like that to be in power or people to get shot or killed. But you know what? It is all in his perfect plan. God's plan is so perfect that we don't, we don't understand anything of how it were to come to be. If my wife had not died, I don't know where these boys would be. I don't know where I would have been if had she lived because 
her dying was a part to help us all become who we were and who we are in God. That was just a propulsionary spot that allowed us to, a launching pad to get from where we were to where we are. I never would have done the Raising Men show had she not done. I never would have had a reason to to have this to create a platform for men to have hope and to have a way to see God from a new perspective because I didn't need it at that point. My only perspective was how to make her happy. Now that she's gone and God's making her happy, I need to do something else. Let's talk about some tools because as we're healing and dealing from and with our issues, we need to know how to heal and how to deal with this holiday season. One of the things that we're going to do, one of the points I want us to understand is that we need to realize that it could always be worse. Our situation can always be worse, no matter what it is. I don't care if you're homeless. You could be homeless with a limp. You could be uh, homeless with an extra disease. You could be homeless living in the heat. You could be homeless under water, in the, in the snow. It, it could always be worse than what you have right now. Even if you are laying in a hospital bed, you could be dead. If you living living laying in a hospital bed, it could be, you could be in more pain. You could have more trouble than you already got. It could be worse. You you could be in a relationship that's bad, but you you still have an opportunity to make it better. You it, it could be worse where I have so much anxiety right now, but you still have life. You pick any whatever part of what your situation is. It could be worse. And I and I go through what helps me Understand now what my, that my life could be worse as John chapter 9. And that deals with how Pilate sent Jesus to be beaten and crucified. In that story, Jesus was beaten. They said 40 lashes, right, with it. Call it a cat of nine tails. But it was that strap that had the bone fragments and other balls and shards of whatever else it had. And he was striking Jesus' back over and over. I, t- I tell you what, it would have taken less than one shot with one of them things for me. But he took 40 for us and didn't say a mumbling word. So, you know what? Anything. I don't know what's worse than that. But anything we're going through right now is not that. The next point is that helps us heal and deal with the holiday season is we're never alone. God is always with us. I don't care how we feel. We may be lonely because that's a feeling it's a temporary passing but we're not alone because if you love god if you're asked him to be into your call him into your life he lives inside of us so there's always at least two of you the holy spirit and you and in most cases the god plus me is a majority in every situation and with that i have romans 8 38 and 39 and and i'm going to read this from the new living translation it says, and I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, my God, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So those nights you wake up with night terrors and night sweats and you think that someone's coming to get you or touch you or is coming to rip your face off or not the new show evil that's out. We're not alone. We're never alone. 
Even if we're in the quiet places of where we're quiet at, we're not alone. Even if we're in those crowded rooms where you feel you're alone, even when you feel that your thoughts are deafening and there's no other noise in the room, we're not alone. The last tool is that God has a plan for our pain. Jeremiah 29, 11, very popular scripture, but it's powerful. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And I know when I was going through some of the worst times of dealing with grief and loss and you name it, Another friend, he would always, in fact, I've interviewed him on the show before, uh, Will Gaynor. <clears throat> he would always talk to me. Every time I see him, he's all, Jeremiah 29, 11, Jeremiah 29, 11, Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11. And I was, every time he said so, I was like, man, you're giving me that parakeeted, like, scripture all the time. And I, I used to get mad at him. But he had come to an understanding in who God was in his life. And he had come to the point where he understood that the plan that God had for his life was so far greater than anything we could have imagined. His, the, the story that, that God writes for us and weaves through our life and through other people's lives is just fantastic. Because that young that gentleman had, is a multi-time cancer survivor, still surviving and thriving through cancer, and he has a smile on his face, and he's so full of life, and I wish I could be like Will in some cases with just getting up and coming, getting out of bed and realizing that this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad. And I mean, genuinely rejoice and be genuinely glad and excited about it. But will it come to an ex- at a point in his life where he understood, he had come to a knowledge and knowing what it was that, to not have as many days and the possibility that he may not have been able to see tomorrow. And so that the pain he may have been going through at that moment, though it felt like it was terminal, the Lord has shown him with every day that he gives will, gives each one of us, gives you, is another opportunity to to grow and to love and to laugh and to be who you are and to, to push and to strive and to do podcasts and radio shows and to share your story and to not be afraid of, of anyone or anything, no matter who's out there, because the God is with us. We're never alone and he knows the plan he has for us. And we have to realize that it could always be worse. For some of us, we don't want, we don't want the worst. I know I don't want it. I don't want the worst. I don't want any more bad. And that's one thing I used to struggle with. I know I've said this on the show before too. I, I, I've always struggled with, man, I, Lord, I've had enough bad. My wife died. I've been through some tough stuff. I don't want any more bad. I don't want, any, I don't want nothing to go wrong with my kids or anything. I don't want any more bad. I don't want to have to worry about a place to live anymore, a place to work. I don't want to worry about money anymore. I don't, I don't want to worry about all these things on my health. I don't want to worry about any of those things anymore. God, I, I just want to, to stay in the valley for a while. I, I just want to stay in, the, in, this, in this grand place that you've got for me. I just want to stay in your plan, God. But see, once you start giving your life to God and you say, start saying, I want to be in your plan, I want to be in your will, God, and make me into what you happen to be, that, that sets God's hands free. 
that allows you to then have a new thankfulness for what God does for your life, in your life, and to your life, and for your kids, and how you move, that allows God to, to, to have free reign in your life. When you finally get to the point where you understand that God is going to be God with and without us, that he's going to be thankful for us even, when, even though we're not thankful for him. He's going to have a power over us even, even though we want to have the power over him, but we need to understand that he doesn't fit in any box. Well, no, it's not true. So let me just say it the right way. God will fit in any box that we decide to put him in. But in reality, he exists in and out of the box. So he really doesn't fit inside the box. He only could fit into, so we allow him to be in that certain perspective that we have of God. But once we realize and understand beyond a shadow of understanding, a shadow of doubt, that God is going to do and can do and will do anything he chooses, anything for us, Anything on our behalf, he'll do anything on our left, behind us, on the right of us, and in front of us. And if we would just give ourselves to him fully, everything else that we have becomes easy, easy to deal with. As long as it says like easy like Sunday morning, I, I understand like that this Sunday mornings are going to finally come and they're going to be bright and. Some of them are bright. Some of our, our days have tears in our eyes and some of our days are hard, but the hard day yesterday is not as hard as the day tomorrow or tomorrow's tomorrow. But with God, everything is possible. And I can do all things through Christ that gives us strength, gives me strength, gives you strength. And God, thank you for giving me the strength, for giving us all the strength to get through week one of Truth and Transparency right here on WKBY 1080 AM at Chatham, Virginia, right here on the Raising Men Show. See you next week. Hey everyone, my name is Eric Tomlinson with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate, where we design the sale of your home around you. With our nationwide network of agents, you and your family are at the center of every decision, conversation, and step of the journey to your next home. From hello to congratulations, selling your home with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate is designed to both learn and surpass your expectations. Call me today at 951-970-6727 so we at the Tomlinson Group can begin surpassing your expectations today. We want to work for you. How do you avoid pitfalls that will disrupt your life? My office is very good with helping families protecting assets, building wealth, college flexible plans, tax-free retirement, and so much more. I am John Treese Wells with World Financial Group, licensed to help million-dollar families, businesses, and everyone in between. You can contact me at 951-757-4202 or email me at jw.nofamilyleftbehind at gmail.com. I'm about your family.